Welcome to the PM Power Podcast, where Darren Hunter from Inspired Growth Training interviews some of the world's best property management experts to give you real solutions to the biggest issues property managers struggle with everywhere. For 25 ways to control office interruptions so you can slam through more tasks faster, go to pmpowerkeys.com. Hi everyone, Michael from Teams by Design. We've just recently launched our after-hour phone service. What that means to you is we can now answer your phone calls from 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and all day Saturday and Sunday. We can help you with inquiries such as property inquiry, leasing inquiry, maintenance support, and new business inquiries. So please make sure you head to teamsbydesign.com, leave your information, we'll arrange a Zoom, and catch up and show you how we can help you through this. Hi everyone, it is Darren Hunter here with the PM Power podcast show where we're really focusing on the issues that property managers deal with every day and got a special guest with us today, Greg Pearson. Hi Greg, how you doing? Well, thanks mate, how are you? Cool, cool. Thank you so much for being on the show. Now Greg is the department head, he's a director with Professionals Arthur Johnson Snowball or Professionals um, Albany. Um, now, Albany is one of those uh, little towns right at the bottom, the, the most southern end of Western Australia. I think if you go any further, you'll hit Antarctica. Uh, well known for its tourism, well known for its whale watching, because of course, historically, it was a whale hunting station. Um, beautiful place. It actually, Greg, reminds me of um, a part here in South Australia called Victor Harbour. It's very, very similar, very, um, certainly get, gets a bit cool there in, uh, in, in winter, but a lovely, strong, regional town. And I've known Greg for, oh boy, it has to be more than 10, 12 years now, I think. And I think we connected originally um, when you were part of the, uh, the professionals group. I, I did some special training, I think, going right back to 2007. And, and Greg, you, you, know, you run a team. How many um, properties um, uh, and people have you got in the residential rent role? Yeah, so we, we're managing just under 450 residential properties uh, mm -hmm. and we have four property managers, uh, a VA and also some uh, trust accounting support as well for those property managers. Yeah, and that, that's a big rent role, residential rent role for a big, for a country town like Albany. So, um, and what we're going to talk about today, everybody, is something that's it's close to my heart. Um, and that's all about overcoming stress and property manager burnout. Now, I make no surprises. In my last 30 years, Greg, I've only ever attended one retirement party with a property manager. Um, and I, I'm, the guy was in the industry 30 years. He retired, had a proper party. I can't say I've ever been invited to any other retirement party because I don't think that retirement parties are normal. They're the absolute exception in property management because burnout is such a big issue. Yeah. And I, before we get started, Greg, we're going through some points that you've given me that you want to discuss. And everybody out there, I just want to um, point out, we've got to do what we can to remove stress, get stress out of our lives. And I'm a real believer that the more organized um, you are with time management, the more prepared you are with your tasks, the more on top of things, the more you are dedicated to being in control, the less stress that you will have. And the opposite is true too. The less organized you are, the less dedicated you are, the less determined you are, the less slack you are with attention to detail, your time management, you're going to get out of control. You're going to have a sense of chaos that brings stress. 
I've just released uh, recently a book um, called uh, PM Power Time Secrets 101, which is really 101 time and stress management tips. Just go to pmpowerkeys.com. That's pmpowerkeys.com. Get the book there. The book is free. Um, you just need to pay for the postage to get it to you. Um, and you can get your hands on that. Now, Greg, just with stress, let's just talk about stress because stress, um, I say this in my training, stress is healthier. Um, sorry, I'm going to wind that back. Sorry. Smoking cigarettes is healthier than stress. Now, I didn't say that smoking is healthy. I actually said that smoking is healthier than stress because of the impact and the consequences that smoking has on the body. Stress is worse. It has a lot more physical, mental um, uh, complications and consequences that can be caused by stress. Um, and it is the leading killer uh, in the United States, it's a leading killer in Australia because it's connected to heart disease, depression, you know, weight loss, weight gain, which leads off into all of those other awful things. There's so many different things that it has. So we need to, if you're listening to this, people, you need to be dedicated to being in control and removing stress because property management seems to be geared for stress. It seems to be loaded. It seems to be a place that if you don't take control quickly, it's going to take control of you. So Greg, let's have a bit of a chat because you're a guy that I'm so pleased you put your hand up that you wanted to do this topic with me. Um, you're a guy that always seems to be cool as a cucumber. Um, you're dealing with issues um, that any other property management business would be dealing with. You're, you're, Issues are no different from anyone else's with landlords and tenants and issues and complications and tangles and things that go wrong and curveballs and all of that stuff that the property management business wants to throw at us. But you always seem to have a real coolness and a calmness about you, which is really good. Because um, quite frankly, I wasn't always that cool or calm. Um, so, uh, you know, well done on that. That's something that, that takes me around with you. But let's just talk about you know, that culture that we've got to establish, that calmness and coolness of culture with our team. And let's talk about, you know, how do you create a positive culture with your team that allows them to open up and get things on their chest? And why is that sort of thing important? Yeah. Look, I, I've never always been like that, Darren. I think it's, you know, it's, it's nearly 23 years now I've been doing the job. Um, and I think it's something you always need to work on uh, and identify perhaps uh, faults, things you can do better as you go along. And that obviously helps my mistakes transfer into the team. And I think once upon a time, you know, that we weren't keen on, you know, sharing that negativity amongst the office. Um, uh, you know, the day-to-day -day problems, I suppose, that, uh, that, that pop up. Um, but I think as time's gone by, we really need to share that amongst the team help the property manager dealing with that particular issue just to get it off their chest, release it, get on with, a, with their day in a more positive manner. Um, it needs to be done in a very, um, what would you say, cautious way, I suppose, because then you don't want a, a negative atmosphere creeping into the office either. I think if everyone's walking around uh, all, all day, you know, sharing their, their griefs of, of the day, that becomes a very negative culture quickly. So I think, you know, encouraging the team, certainly just to talk amongst themselves, thrash out, you know, if they're, if they're having challenges, any difficulties, because you never know. So one of the other ones may have also um, faced that same issue. So getting it off their chest uh, and, you know, just, just um, yeah, throwing it around amongst the team to, to resolve the issue. 
I think only property managers really understand what a property manager goes through. I mean, you don't want to go to one of your real estate salespeople in the office and try and pour out your day. They're just going to look at you weird like you're an alien um, because it is a completely different environment. Even going home and talking to your partner, they really don't understand the stuff and the craziness and the weirdness and the, 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 the chaos that our day can be sometimes. And, and I think it's really important to get it off our chest, but I I do want to say, uh, absolutely essential you talk about it but just as a time management thing you know don't allow the chit chat in the office to take over as well because you've got to get your tasks done but chit chat is really really important certainly to get things off your chest have a chat have a cry have a whinge you know you know greg I, i really have to say um this is one of the primary reasons why we have a side joke about property management with all the F words that get thrown around. Um, you know, and yeah. I know it sounds silly. Yeah. Oh, you know, we shouldn't have so much bad language, but boy, we need to vent. And yeah. I think that bad language is part of that venting because we are well known for the F words and the S words and all those awful things that go on, but it's just part of us getting things off our chest, having a laugh about the craziness or the stupidness or the, the you know, the, the silliness that goes on. Um, and, um, you know, well done on, on creating that culture, but let's talk about also, um, is the, uh, is the importance of, of having a laugh and just chilling out. Um, how do you do that with your, with your team? Yeah, look, and, and again, it's that, it's finding that balance. We'll always try, you know, it doesn't happen every week, but certainly every second, week we try and finish knock off early the team off early on a let's say a friday afternoon and you know head for a head for a drink um just to sort of again an opportunity to to get everything off the off their chest and also have a laugh like we try we try not to bring too much of our work week into those um you know chill out sessions as such um but just an opportunity for a bit of a laugh uh, and just to relax, I suppose, and get that get that off. You know, just spend some time together with one another. Really, yeah, yeah. That that's really good that you do that. Yeah. Um, and getting out, and not talking about you know work stuff. But I've also known of other businesses. They have fun nights. They go bowling together, or they do stuff together. Um, they do you know team exercises together, or something like that. You know, do some sort of boot camp thing together. But also. Um, uh, I've known of an office that um, firstly goes and finds like a monsieur um, that has a, a quiet time in their week um, and they'll come in say on a Tuesday morning and the property managers will get a neck and shoulders rub um, as a bit of pampering, a bit of treatment relieves the stress out of the body there. Um, and just something that that particular office thought was good to you know, help the property managers to chill um, and to relax and, and as a bit yep. of a thank you as well. So there's all sorts of different things that offices can too, but I think putting the fun um, into the, uh, the, the business is really, really important because of the difficulties of the job and the extreme nature of the job from time to time as well. Yeah, we've got a few, uh, we've got a few pranksters in the office there that like to play tricks as well. So I, I think that's always... Uh, always puts a smile on the face and lifts the mood a little bit when everyone's down. So <laughs> well done. let's talk about, um, you've got here uh, another point. Don't take things personally. So how do you get around with that one? Did that take you how many years to work that one out? <laughs> that, that's still a work in progress. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone can truly say they ever master that. I think that's always a work in progress, but it's something you need to be reminding yourself of constantly. Um, we are in a tough gig, you know, we're the conduit between the tenant and the owner. 
um, both sometimes who have uh, you know uh, unreasonable and differing, I suppose, expectations. So that's a work in progress, I believe, and everyone should be very conscious of that as they, no matter where they're at in their um, in their career, I suppose, um, because you know it's it's hard not to, particularly we're dealing with a lot of um, people's emotions. It's their home. Um, yeah, and I just think, you know, we just have got to remember we're here to do a job. We need to do that job well. And if we are doing it well and people are still unhappy with the outcome, well, you know, we're just there to do that job. So it's something you need to take pride in your work, um, certainly, but not let that build up on you as well. You know, I had a great podcast with Joe I. Emma uh, yesterday talking uh, about dealing um, with anger and abuse. And he really did spend some good time going into, you know, he learned not to take things personally. If something goes wrong, your job is simply to relay it to the owner um, yeah. and to let them know, but don't take it on personally, don't take it on your shoulders. And it took him a lot of years to work that out, but um, that's a really good podcast for people listening out there. If you want to listen more on that, but um, you know, one of the things also, I'll give you some insight. Have you ever thought about why we take it personally? For me, I, I think I think we quite often we make the issue ourselves. I think you know the issue. I'm guilty. I did this yesterday. Um, I had to uh, you know I had to make contact with an owner who I was dreading making contact with, and the conversation actually was a very good conversation. So I think we always need we make the problem bigger than what it is sometimes. So it's our own mindset. I think that uh, we need to keep in check there as well. So yeah. I think I'm that worried. certainly contributes. Yeah, worry is an issue. We've got to overcome worry. We've got to overcome procrastination, dealing with overwhelm as well. There's those mental yep. things there. But let, let's talk about, um, we're taking things personally. Here is my belief behind this. The job is difficult. It's very intense. It requires 100% of you to be present just to do the job well. So you agree if we, we're not 100% yep. present, we don't give our best, we are, it's just going to come out in all sorts of different ways and very, you know, in, in very, very bad ways, you'd agree. So we've got to give 100%. We've got to put a whole heart into it 100%. That's where the problem lies. We're leaving our hearts open. And so because we're giving it our absolute best to do a good job, we're leaving ourselves open to criticism or taking things personally. So I think it's a hard one to deal with. It really does. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think also uh, a, another person, Shadi uh, Salapur from Auckland, who we did a session on um, how not to take phone calls and emails after hours. She said, Darren, at the end of the day, at seven o'clock at night, I'm spending time with my family. I'm not taking a phone call from an owner that for 1% cheaper, he could walk away from me tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if they're just yeah. clients that won't even be interested in going to your funeral, you know, you've yeah. got to be, you've got to put the client relationship into perspective that it's yeah. just business. You're earning two thousand, two and a half thousand dollars a year in total fee income for that client. We've got to put things in perspective and not take on the whole world and, and uh, on their behalf. So they're the sort of things that we've just got to, you know, put in perspective to help us yeah. carry this sometimes very, very heavy load, but let's not make it heavier of what it needs to be. All right. Well, let's sure. just move on. Let's talk about, um, here's a running joke in property management is, you know, property managers are asked, you know, what's a lunch break? And not many people have a clue. And they sort of joke, ha, 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 I don't take a lunch break. I don't want a lunch break. What's the importance, Greg, in taking a lunch break and why? 
Absolutely. I think it's just that disconnect from the, uh, you know, from the day to the, the work, I suppose, the workload that's there. Um, we have a separate, uh, it actually doubles as our boardroom where I am today. Uh, we do, double that as our lunchroom as well. And we encourage them all to come and sit and have a chat in there as well. So it's just that disconnect. You know, very rarely does work um, get discussed in the lunchroom. Um, you know, it's more about you know, what they're up to tonight, what they're up to for the weekend. Um, but it's important just to have that disconnect, that little bit of, you know, whether that be half an hour, ideally an hour, um, you know, disconnect from from the workload, um, just for that, I suppose, that downtime for your brain, really. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what, what do you think happens if you don't have that lunch break? Work just gets on top of you. I think, you know, if, you, if you're not having that break midday throughout the day, I think the workload just builds up and builds up. And, uh, you know, by the time you get to, whatever it is, five, six, seven o'clock at night when you walk out the door, um, life has got on top of you. Mm, so I it's agree. important to have that break. Agree. Here's something that I've worked out over, over years of, of observing this and me also falling into the same bad routine as a property manager way back in the day. And um, uh, what happens at about 11.30, we've got our mojo. We have our momentum. We have things are cooking. Our productivity is probably the strongest um, of the day. And so at that point, our perspective is the lunch break is a bit of an inconvenience and an unnecessary speed hump that we don't need to be dealing with at this point in time, because we don't want to stop our workflow. However, um, for the people that typically do that, which is most property managers come about three, three thirty in the afternoon, what happens? Yeah. Things Hit crash. Brick wall. Yeah. Productivity crashes. We have that sugar you know, that sugar thing, we've got to have sugar. But what happens is that our productivity levels aren't like what they were at 11.30. They're now well down. You're probably reaching for your mobile phone. You're going through and wasting all sorts of time looking at social media. Um, and now you're useless in getting anything of real productivity done. So, you know, if, if you feel that that's for you, well, maybe you do need to take that lunch break because it's a comma or a pause in your day where, Greg, you said they can recharge, switch off, um, and you are recharging your productivity batteries because you can't go a full eight hours slamming it out without some sort of consequence coming your way. But you have that 45 minutes, half an hour, maybe an hour, time out, recharge, just like your mobile phone, you're powering up your batteries and you're going to find if you're taking that quality lunch break, time out, go for a walk or whatever, you're going to power through with that productivity um, energy right through to 5, 5.30 when you go. So that's another reason why I think people need to have that lunch break. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on now. Importance of healthy lifestyle, Greg. Let's talk about that one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for, for me personally, um, I know when I'm not out there doing enough exercise in the week, um, that's when I suppose my um, the, the mental health, whether that be mental health really suffers, that's when things will get on, well, let me, I'll, I'll let it get on top of me. So I think you know, to get out there, shoot whatever, whatever floats your boat, whether that be the gym, whether that be, you know, going for a walk, taking the dog for a walk, going for a ride, I think it's important to try and get that bit of physical activity at least every couple of days, just to um, you know to help with uh, with help you with your coping with the day to day really. Mm. And I know certainly for me, you know, if I have a week, it's uh, as you mentioned earlier, we live in a colder climate, and my family often tell me I'm a bit like a bear and should hibernate during winter. 
Um, I know when that happens for me, things can build up very quickly when I'm not out there doing the exercise that I normally would do. So mm. I think it's really, really important people. You've got to look at your health. Now you're thinking, Oh, Darren, what's this got to do with property management? It's got everything to do with the job because if your body is not keeping up with the rigors of property management, then what happens is your immune system starts to get affected. If your immune system loses its strength, you're now open to all sorts of things and germs and viruses that are out there and the flus and the colds and all that stuff that you're going to come across at rental properties that you're going to come across at a routine inspection that you're going to come across when you're showing people through um, uh, vacant properties or just meeting people shaking hands all that stuff you're just going to be open which means you're going to be down and out a lot more with sickness so you need to eat healthy you've got to eat real foods of course regular water as well but this is another thing greg for mental health is getting to the gym and just getting or out there fast walking whatever but get your heart rate up so you're sort of sweating and trying to keep your heart rate up to a sweat a light sweat level for at least 30 minutes three to four times a week um, and what that does also now for me I, I just love to get to the gym you know early in the morning but it just gets my brain buzzing because where we get our heart rate up, it starts to mix chemicals in our brain, which uh, injects dopamine. Um, and so it's like our brains just get supercharged. And so um, that's where it gives you that wow, you know, superpower feeling um, and people get addicted to that. So that's what also it's good mental health. And it actually really does help um, unwind, you know, some depressive feelings. And I'm not in any way, uh, telling people, of course, you need to see a GP if you've got depression, but it really does help with that negative feelings, that feeling of sluggish in your brain, um, gets rid of that brain fog beautifully. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, that regular exercise that you said is really, really important. Yeah. I, th I think you hit the nail on the head there, Darren, as well. I mean, it compounds as well. If you are sick and away from the office, then your workload is just building up whilst you're away as well. So yeah. it's a compound effect. So I think you, yeah, you really hit the nail on the head there for sure. But there's nothing smart about running yourself into the ground. Yeah. Um, and I used to do it, Greg. I used to have this little trigger mechanism that told me I need to pull back and it, I have a twitch in my thumb my muscles twitching my thumb or in my corner of my eye. Now I knew I didn't have Parkinson's disease, but I knew that that was my trigger sign, my warning sign. I need yeah. to pull back. And I regularly had the, the, the twitchiness in the finger that told me I need to slow down. So, yeah. uh, you know, what's yours, what's your trigger mechanism, you know, but you need to, okay, when you're young, your body's going to be, you know, quite bulletproof. But as you get older, your, your health is so much more important and you need to stay healthy to keep up with the rigors of the job. It's no different from an athlete needs to stay fit and healthy. You need to stay fit and healthy as well for your job and the demands of the job. Greg, um, let's now move away from, uh, you know, talking about the health and the fun stuff. Let's now talking and start drilling into systems and to do lists, checklists, refusing to remember things what what's really important about that yeah absolutely i just think in property management from when i started 23 odd years ago to now we've a, a property manager has so many more tasks to do in a day um all the compliance issues that are now in place etc you just can't expect your brain to remember all those things now so to, to have checklists in place, to know where you're at with your lease renewals, your management authorities, whatever that may be. So you're not relying and stressing your brain out as to, oh, now where was I at with that one? I think it's important to have the checklist there. And likewise, when you're on the phone to people, you know, 
I, I don't like I don't like offices with sticky notes everywhere, but I think it's important to have a whatever works for you. But for me, it's a, a notepad um, where I can just write down things that I've got to get that I've got to get done, and either get them into the computer just so it's out of my head. For me, if I've got too much crammed in my head, I'm less productive in a day. So for me, I need to get it out of there. So I'm, uh, I suppose I've got clear thoughts. Uh, about what needs to happen during the day. I think you gave me many, many years ago, and I still use it today, Darren, on your to-do list. I think there's about three versions there I use. Um, so I've got yeah. one right here, the daily that's it, that's the exact one. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. the one. That's the one. Um, so I use that regularly, and yeah, just uh, and it helps me focus in as well, not only to you know, get it out of my head, but also to focus on what needs to be achieved for the day. Mm. So whether that be checklist or... If you guys want the daily task manager, I've been using it like 20 years. I've got a, a really good professional looking version. You can download it as a PDF. Just go to pmpowerkeys.com and I'll have that form there ready for you to download um, and just keep the PDF and just print it off. I also um, would bind them into a book, um, you know, 30 pages at a time or something like that. You just, you watch your most, your urgent calls, your urgent emails, your urgent tasks get thrown into there. Um, and your less important stuff. And that's all you need to focus on, you know, for the day. Um, Greg, you're talking about, uh, you know, writing everything down and the importance of that. Well done. I think I was about four weeks into the job in 1989 where I, fit, I hit my first wall of being overwhelmed. And I remember I had my head in my hands on my desk. My manager came in, his name's Warren. And he said, Darren, what's wrong? And I said, oh, you know, I, I just... I've had enough. I just can't do this. I feel completely overwhelmed. And he said, Darren, where's your, where's your to-do list? And I said, my what? And he says, where's your list? And from that point, I made sure in a notebook, I'd write absolutely everything down. So here's the point, everybody. If you want to know what's the crux at the end of the day, what is your job mentally to keep your mental health? You always must be in a state of mental control. When you're in control, that makes you feel confident and confidence is a state of mental health well-being where your brain is in, is injecting dopamine into your brain uh, it, it's 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 a reward it's a sense of of confidence that you've got it you've got this you're in control it just gives you so many different areas of health in your life in your mind in your job in absolutely everything however when you choose to not write things down and let things roll around in your brain, like, you know, trash on the floor of your car, it gives a sense of chaos and that gives you a sense of out of control. And yeah. that's what causes stress. All righty. And that stress is going to have negative impact on your body as your brain uh, mixes up all sorts of bad things. Okay. So you've, it, it really is um, writing everything down. And I remember, do you remember Norm Honey? Um, Greg, he, he said once the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. You know, don't kid yourself, write things down. And, and with checklists, you know, following a checklist, making sure the checklist steps are right. And once that's right, we just follow the checklist. We don't have to put energy into trying to remember things. Um, so things are going to get done right the first time. Plus it's going to be fast because we're not having to remember. But Greg, you know, I've also worked out in property management there's not one thing. If it's not done right, no matter how little, it's going to come back in some way. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is nothing that can just disappear like fog on an Albany morning. It doesn't just you know, evaporate if a task isn't done right. It will come back in a mutated, 
uglier form later, it will tap you on the shoulder and say, right, I'm back. It's going to take three to four times more time now to fix me. I've got the pain and stress with it. And that's why we've got to write everything down. Choose to remember nothing. Yeah. And I'm sure all the property managers out there can relate to, you know, taking a phone call and then the, the, as you put that one down, the phone rings again. You know, by the time you've had that conversation, you've forgotten the first conversation. So, you know, even just to jot a note down who it was, what you have to deal with as you, as you take the call. Uh, Cause I think all property managers can relate to the phone, just never stopping, never stop ringing. So yeah, well let, let's talk about that. Let's go on about the yeah. phone. Never stop ringing because uh, I did a, a, another podcast because have a look at how to not take phone calls after hours, which is a really yeah. good session I did with Shadi from Auckland. But Greg, with your team, you know, the phone ringing incessantly all day. I'm an absolute believer that we shouldn't be taking phone calls in after hours. So, yeah. you know, what, what's your belief around that? What systems have you got in place there so property managers can leave and switch off? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I suppose we, we're quite lucky. I would call our, our team a medium, medium-sized team. Um, so we do obviously have a number that can uh, that help the overall structure of our business there. But our property managers, they only ha- uh, deal with after-hours call uh, on a roster system. So I don't expect them to take their phones at home unless, sorry, to, to home, unless they are, they're on roster for that week. So um, for us, that means once a month, uh, the property managers uh, take the uh, take the mobile home to deal with any emergency after our calls, um, and that comes also back to to really drilling down with our tenants on our uh, our startup appointments as to the correct process to follow if they do have any emergency um, you know after hours calls. Um, we're, we're lucky we we are inspect real estate users, so I think a lot of the inquiries that come in handled efficiently we've got that set up to auto communicate with tenants after hours there so it's only really the emergency after hours calls and as i say that's only once once a month for our team so and uh yeah and if they are on um because i notice i get a few emails uh, every now and again from them so they will i have a little chat with them just to say look don't forget you're not on this week don't take your work home with you because i think that's really important to have that disconnect yeah i i, I agree because it's all good and well to think property managers should be on call 24 seven, but it's just not realistic. It's, yeah. It just can't last. And even if you have your phone on, but even if it's not ringing, just the thought that it could ring at any second has yeah. this sense of dread. It has this sense of anxiety around it and you can't properly switch off. And that anxiety is just going to eat away at you like rust. So, you know, it, it all has a toll because all of these things we don't get right shortens your lifespan as a property manager, it burns you out, and then you end up leaving the industry like a lot of other property managers already have done because they've never addressed or had bosses that cared enough to address these issues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even myself, my phone's always on silent because um, my day as a property manager where I had to take my phone home. Um, I just had that incessant ringing. It just does something to me if it rings. So I have it on silent all the time. Um, and that's part of my, yeah. <laughs> my uh, uh, dealing with, with my days where, you know, I wasn't practicing these things, as you say. Yeah. So uh, moving on, um, let's talk about um, systems in place for regular holidays. You know, why is, what do you do there? Why is that important? Because I know a lot of property managers allow their days off to build up um, and, you know, have weeks and weeks and weeks of holidays. And, you know, one thing, Greg, a lot of prop managers go, well, 
why go on holiday when I've got double crap waiting for me when I get back because no one is going to be managing things for me. The salesperson might say they'll do some inspections or this person says, oh, but they don't. And so, yeah. you know, I come back um, in so much worse shape because of all the awful things that are waiting for me when I get back. So Greg, yeah. with that in mind, what do you guys do? Yeah, look, again, we're lucky with the size of our team. Firstly, I regularly check in with our property managers to make sure they are taking their leave. Um, I've got an office administrator that keeps me up to date with where they're at there. So for me, you know, if the, if the leave is building up, I really encourage them. It's not, you know, to, to, to remove our holiday obligations. It's to know that their mental health is uh, and their sanity is, is being maintained there. But the systems that we have in place for, for looking after their work whilst they're away, we split that particular portfolio down amongst the remaining three. So we just simply work on an alpha order, um, split it into, uh, into thirds with the remaining other property managers there to deal with all that, the, the workload whilst they're there. Um, generally speaking, the, you know, the, the property manager taking the leave will you know, maybe bump some uh, routine inspections around so before they go or, or when they get back. Um, but, you know, the day-to-day -day calls, the workload, the, the, the in-tray doesn't build up. So they come back with some peace of mind, uh, knowing that they're not going to be completely out of control with work. There might be only, you know, hopefully, only a few things there that they will need their input uh, and life can go on and they can come back feeling relaxed and, and enjoying their holidays whilst they're away um, and, and, you know, and not dreading the moment they come back to a, a world of chaos because nothing's been done. So, yeah, having those systems in place to get people to, to, to deal with their workload whilst they're away. Mm, absolutely. All right. Well, let's just keep on moving on and, and regular check-in sessions with the team. And you've got here KSIs. So tell us about yep. that. What's that all about? Yeah, for, for us, we, so they're our key success indicators. So we've identified as a team, I suppose, the, the, the main areas um, for potential conflict uh, in the day-to-day -day running of the department. Um, and every month I sit down on one-on-one -on -one with the with the team um, just to run through those. And, and it's look, it's not it's not a, a session for ridicule and you know you're not up to scratch here or you're not doing the right thing here. That's not the purpose of it. Um, the purpose of it is obviously to to look at the, the KSIs compared to other team members. And if one is perhaps not looking as good as the the rest of the team, we can identify that. Look, this is a potentially is is uh, this is heading in the wrong direction. Let's jump on this this month and get those back up to scratch before you know before we have whether they be tenants or owners ringing that that aren't happy. So, just trying to I suppose circumvent the uh, the negative phone calls before they actually happen by ensuring all the work's up to date. And, and again, we've spoken about it today. I think there's, there's that many balls being juggled as a property manager. Um, it's very easy to drop one. And I think it's just, it's an opportunity for us to identify it before it's dropped. Um, so, you know, we can avoid those, the, uh, the, the terrible phone calls, which everyone dreads. Mm. Now you've also got here that you do conflict resolution training with the team um, to overcome stressful situations. What, what do you do there? Yeah. So look, as you mentioned, we're in a regional area, so we don't, offer, you know, training for us is a little bit hard to come by, but certainly whenever there is conflict resolution, no matter how many times we've done it, we will try and get the team to those sessions as well. Um, I, I think it's always important. I think once you've seen the, the, the sessions, everyone really knows what they should be doing, but we get into that, uh, I suppose, the, the, well, you know, the, the regular 
um, motions of work and we often forget what we really should be doing. Let, and let the, listen to the client, let them get them, let them get their issue off their chest um, before then we put our point forward as well. So just always getting them to that training just to remind them what needs to happen and the best way to resolve issues without you know, unnecessary conflict, I suppose. Mm. Okay, let's talk about you've got here a key area of conflict that you do put particular focus on is the outgoing inspection and the importance of good routine inspections. Let's talk about that one. Sure. So, yeah, I think where we're going with that one. So we don't do it for every tenancy, but I think if we know that a tenancy has been perhaps a little bit shaky throughout uh, its duration, we'll strongly encourage um, the tenant uh, to uh, have a pre-outgoing inspection with the property manager. Um, now I know for some people, and certainly maybe for my team initially when we, this was suggested, it's like, well, that's just more more work. I haven't got more. I haven't got more time. Why would I do that? Um, but I think um, you know by by doing that and giving the tenant the heads up as to potential areas of concern, it potentially avoids that conflict of you know whatever it might be, having to send them back or have a cleaner involved in going back to do some cleaning, um, which, you know, this quick, it's only half an hour. It's not a full outgoing. We make it very clear that this isn't your final inspection. This is just a pre-inspection to give you the heads up as to what, uh, what may be areas of concern. And as I said, not for every tenancy. If we've got a perfect tenant, um, we won't, we don't generally do them for them. So just those that, that may need it. So, you know, I just want to encourage everybody out. You think, you know, what is the aim of good property management? And I've thought about this and I've put it into a really, really simple nutshell. And this is after, of course, our job is to get a quality tenant. We know that we know the issues. If we don't get a quality tenant, it's not going to be a quality tenancy and it's going to be a real um, area and source of stress and burnout for us. So we understand the importance of getting a quality tenant, but there's two other things, Greg, that we've got to get right. And that's it getting the rent paid, all right, on time. And the other one is a good final inspection. So if it's a good final inspection, then our routine inspections are really important. So when we're doing a routine, we need to make sure that it's kept at a reasonable or good standard. And so if that starts to slip, we are headed um, to have not fulfill our goal of having a good final inspection. So it's making sure the routines are done right, keeping it at a high level or where it can be kept at a high level. Um, you talked also, if you're having a tenant that's shown things haven't been good at routines, you've got concerns, having that pre-vacate inspection, you're putting the time in proactively now to not be damaging you reactively at the final inspection. Um, so yeah. you've obviously identified that. But again, the whole thing is we want to get that tenant out of the property um, with the property left as it was, taking into account reasonable fair wear and tear. And so that's just all part of um, reducing those stress points that can come. And a lot of conflict and stress can come at that final inspection if, if we're not uh, got yeah. our ducks in a row. Yeah. And I think, as I said before, you know, it's only a half an hour inspection, but if you start to add up when you do an outgoing inspection, get the cleaners back, have the conversations with the tenants about you know, what uh, needed to be cleaned uh, and worst case scenario, let's say you have to go to court, that's hours and hours of work. So the half an hour invested now is a lot better than you know, the three or four or more hours down the track. So that's mm. the way we look at it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we, we, we uh, one final point we're going to touch on, Greg, and, and I talked about 
um, that smoking is healthier than stress. Of course, we're not saying that smoking is healthy. It's very, very bad for you, but stress is the worst thing that can happen to you. And, I, and it leads to when we're talking about smoking, there's another analogy I like to give and that C-class landlords or C-class owners are like a packet of cigarettes and they'll take years off your life. These guys can really, really be very good at reducing your lifespan as a property manager, uh, burning you out a lot quicker. Um, you know, let's talk about C-class landlords. And I think, Greg, before I hand the microphone over to you, uh, for our listeners out there, I always get up and say, here are seven characteristics of a C-class landlord. Number one, they're unreasonably over-demanding. Number two, they take up lots of your time, particularly with frivolous, vexatious requests. Number three, um, they, uh, whatever the rent is, they just want more. Um, it just unreasonable, um, uh, unsustainable rents, which means properties just stay vacant or you only attract the type of tenants that you don't want anyway that say they're going to pay the rent, but they won't. The next uh, point is whatever your fees, they just seem to not be satisfied unless they've got a discount or something back or they complain a lot about your fees. Uh, the next point is they, they uh, put little to no money into the property. Um, so the property is the worse off for it. And then, of course, a good tenant doesn't want to live there. They tend to have a low rent property as well. Um, so if, if you're giving them a discount on the management fee and you got low rent, it's just bad, bad, bad all around, plus all the extra time. And the last point is they've usually got a crap property that attracts a crap tenant. So with that in mind, Greg, um, how do you deal with C-class landlords and what's your strategies there to reduce stress and burnout with your people? Sure. So I, and I suppose this was something I learned from you, Darren, many, many years ago. So I think we've weeded through our portfolio fairly well. So we don't have that many C-class landlords. But every now and again, one certainly does pop up. Uh, and all my team know that if that occurs, that they can come and have an open chat with me uh, and give me reasons as to you know, why they see this to be a C-class landlord. We have an arrangement in place that if they can bring on two new, man two new managements, I'm happy to get rid of the one that's a C-class landlord after I've obviously reviewed it and, and, and in agreement with them. But I think it's important, you know, for their, um, again, their mental health and, and their, you know, avoiding them burning out. You just, as you said, you, they are so demanding uh, and are the phone calls you dread. So you know, if they're not performing in line and we can have some better landlords who are more willing to look after their property, uh, and are very reasonable people, why would you not take them on? So for us, it's, you know, the team knowing they can come to me and say, not happy, you know, this is the reason why. And after review, they can bring me two more management. So I'll, I'll gladly move them on. Greg, what can I say? You know, it's really important for any property manager to know that the boss has their back because they go to, some people have got bosses that go, hey, look, I want to get rid of this owner because this, 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 but the bosses might want to sell one day. And then that really does leave the property manager disappointed that the boss doesn't care enough. And here is my point to bosses. How is he, easy is it to go find C-class landlord? You can get them all day, every day, and knock yourself silly. How easy is it to actually find a quality property manager? Well, it's a hell of a lot harder. So keep it in perspective. It's a lot harder to keep a quality property manager. So, uh, and also the other thing too, if they're a C-class landlord, they're going to be a C-class property seller. So don't think you're going to have a quality deal if you go to selling the property as well. So these are the sort of things, you know, I just really implore bosses out there. If you're listening, listen to your staff and be ready to get rid of C-class landlords. Greg, I did a, 
I do a time and motion study with officers. It's very easy. Um, how long it takes to actually manage a C-class landlord property. And it turns out to be at least double the time it takes for a normal rental property, a bread and butter property is double, sometimes triple. And where we're, we're earning less in rent, which means less in total fee income, um, it turns out to be a dismal amount per hour, a lot less than what a cleaner would be willing to clean a house for per hour. And so we end up actually bleeding money. We're actually losing money with these owners. Um, and we're actually saving money if we get rid of them. Plus, you're helping your staff to work in a, in a quality rent role as well. So, um, Greg, some really good, a really good discussion there. Um, some great points. We've got to wrap this up. Um, but, uh, you know, you're a guy that I absolutely respect. You've got a lot of respect in the industry. You run a great team. Um, we, we know you're just one of those dream bosses that just care about your staff. Um, and they're certainly very fortunate, you know, if they're, um, uh, where, you know, that you've got, you know, those people are fortunate they've got you as their boss. Thank you. Appreciate that. Kind, kind words indeed. No worries. And I know you're a, a, you love your go-karting as well. I've been watching your posts as well recently <laughs> with uh, your keen interest in collecting, uh, you know, we're going to call petrol or gasoline bowsers. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, great, great stuff there. But, Greg, thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and, of course, uh, go to pmpowerkeys.com. Get our book 101, Time and Stress Management Tips there. Greg, we're done. Everyone, we're done. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.